All right, everybody, happy Guy Fox Day. I can't think of a better way to get rid of our current president than on Guy Fox Day. <laughs> Anyways, that's a uh, news for for about two to four hours from now um that's not what we're here to talk about tonight uh here it's, we are here with uh, wayne justman thanks for joining us brother always a pleasure uh and marty waddell hey what's up and uh tonight we're going to talk about the legalization election results we had quite the election this week uh, aside from the uh, left and right and all that fun stuff that we're uh, not going to get into a whole lot tonight, um, Oregon legalized all drugs, which was a big victory for the war on drugs. I think we can officially declare that drugs won the war. Um, so pretty awesome on that. Uh, and then also, you know, big step in the right direction to start treating uh, drug addiction for what it is, is a medical issue, not a criminal issue. Um, can uh, I start also, on a personal note? Oh, yeah, go ahead. We'd lo love to. Related to the election? If you recall back in 2003, Kamala Harris ran for district attorney of the city county of San Francisco against Terrence Hallinan, a dear friend of mine who passed away a few years ago. And uh, obviously, she called, her, her committee office called me and I remember our first meeting at a restaurant uh, near City Hall uh, talking about cannabis issues and the like. And um, she became the district attorney. She won that election. And I have a photo of the cannabis committee, advisory committee that I was a member of that uh, uh, helped her during this particular time. And I'm kind of sitting here and watching this and thinking about how strange life is. Now the uh, vice president-elect and I are on a first-name basis. Not too bad for a country boy who smokes marijuana and has 33 years of AIDS. Not bad at all. No, uh, actually, do you want to do a quick intro first for people that don't know who you are before we get into the episode further? I could. I'm, I'm California patient number one. Under Proposition 215, Proposition 215 allows us to grow and cultivate can cultivate cannabis and possess cannabis, uh, led by uh, Dennis uh, uh, Perone, Jack Harum, Mary Rathburn, myself, and, and many others. And uh, I had my own dispensary in 1999 here in San Francisco. I worked with Dennis uh, in the in the 90s, establishing marijuana, and, and of course we got medical marijuana passed in 1996. And I have been active uh, uh, since that time, uh, assisting uh, dispensary operators and advising uh, government officials. And I still do that a little bit. I'm slowing down. I'll be 76 uh, in a couple of months. Uh, but I still pick up the phone and people need some advice. Or I did a couple of interviews today um, on, on some cannabis issues and election issues as well. 
so that kind of gets uh, something done for myself. And um, there's a lot of good reading. I've been through, Steve, you and I have been through a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, you've been, uh, he's been a longtime cannabis warrior and uh, definitely a great person to get perspective on a lot of this. Um, I don't think I thought I'd see the day when, a, you know, any state would legalize all drugs the way that Oregon did, but uh, it has they opened have to. Up. You it, and it I have to, have to. And also, too, something I hope that our, our, our politicians or our, do we do away with the Drug Enforcement Administration? Would that be helpful? I'm wondering about that. I don't know. I think they, they're still needed to enforce, you know, bad pharmaceutical drugs. There's a lot of pharmaceutical drugs out there that are causing a lot more harm than, than good that need to be uh, enforced. Uh, it actually I think to know of that family to court. Why they oh. did. Take, take them no, to but court. I'm saying, but, but I'm saying get out on the streets and start regulating these, this on, a, on a, uh, the same way that they get out there and used to harass dispensaries and they harass these doctors and they harass these poor patients and they kick people's doors in. Why are they not going and, and visiting all these different doctors that are prescribing you know, large amounts of painkillers and, and why are we not, you know, take that money and direct it where it needs, where people are dying. We have a chronic, we have a, we have an absolute crisis in this country with opioid uh, problems. The DEA is well-funded. They're just aimed at the wrong problem. So that's easy. Just ban the, like, again, uh, increase the, the restrictions on the DEA in terms of what they're allowed to spend money on and prosecute. Same thing with federal prosecutors. Just limit what they can do and spend money on that. The you know, same way that they've protected uh, the the industry since 2014, when they put the rider bill. Uh, uh, what's the name of the rider um, from 2014 that Congress they passed in Congress that uh, prevents them from? Uh, I can't think of the name of it, but um, prevents them from harassing legal states. Um, anyways, uh, just like that did, where it prevents prosecutors from spending any money in terms of federal dollars on on prosecution. So if you do that, then you know it kind of stops them from doing a lot of the BS. So definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, how's it going out there, Marty? Well, it's going pretty good. I mean, obviously, I mean, it doesn't necessarily affect me that drugs were legalized in Oregon. It wasn't something that I was previously concerned with anyway. Um, He's gonna start. I, I already, gonna start I already do all the drugs I wanna do. But, yeah, we're uh, going to have a, a new drug every episode. Marty's going to take it at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> his intoxication right. will progress over the course. It'll be a new segment. Yeah. No. No, I just mean that I don't really, I never really adhered to any of their laws about what was legal or what wasn't and pretty much went off of my own morality. Um, so... Uh, but I do appreciate it. I'm glad that it happened. I think it's great that, that um, all those resources will now go towards, uh, you know, treating a human with a condition as opposed to creating a criminal with a record because um, that just seems to make way more sense to me. I think it's the way our tax money should be spent and we should abandon the drug war. And hopefully this will at least point it in a different direction and allow for treatment over incarceration, which is... Excellent. So uh, that's all great. And uh, the garden's doing pretty good. I've got uh, getting ready to kick in the flower. Got plenty of clones rooting. Everything's going pretty good. Had a little outbreak of thrips, but besides that, at least some more lace wings and a couple sprays, and they're pretty much under control now. Um, 
getting ready to do the final sort of cleanup before flipping the flower. So all the garden stuff's pretty good. And uh, other than that, just dealing with election bullshit, waiting for numbers to come in and all that good stuff, watching what's happening. I think the whole country is, but uh, I think Philly's going to represent uh, pretty heavily here and uh, and put it in the bag for, for the good guys. But we'll see. Never yeah, know. It's funny. <laughs> my plans are going to be pretty much the same regardless of who wins, but it just just plan a little bit depending on who wins. So, um, yeah. and, and who I need to support, really. I'm more, more concerned about uh, my friends of the darker shade or of a different lifestyle that are generally oppressed by these people. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, and, uh, there's only one side threatening uh, poll, poll counters with violence right now. Well, we can say that without anyone really arguing much about that. <laughs> yeah, I've got a, I got a friend who's already got a death threat of a person of color who's already gotten a death threat from a Trump supporter. There was a, a family of uh, a black people that was uh, harassed and ran off the road here up by Eugene. Um, so we've already seen, you know, some some violence poking out, and, and nothing's even final yet. So tensions are just still high in in this area. There's obviously yep. predominantly white. So there was a pretty fitting video today of of uh, a bunch of protesters pretty divided one side armed and screaming at a building and the other side having a dance party so it was like uh, pretty uh, pretty night and day <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm down for the dance party i think that's it's definitely i think uh, i think the rest of the country after 2020 regardless what would you do if black lives matter uh groups etc started to take up ammunition when they marched I mean, they march. Oh, I, I mean, personally, I think that. Lot, et cetera, et cetera. You anyone, know, and, and Trump gets excited when they say, "Well, uh, pigs in a blanket" or something like that. I mean, they're words, but we don't we don't intimidate people by fully armed and looking at mean well, and intimidating. What the hell that's is that? One thing, that's one thing where I would definitely disagree with my friends on the left. If you look at the the success of a lot of the right wing protests. Or, or I guess conservative protests, I guess probably is a more polite way to put it. Um, these guys go out there and are armed and they don't get tear gassed. Just saying, you know, when you, when you, when you show up and you have weapons, the police behave. I, I, don't, I don't see the, you know, you don't see the level of police violence when, when both sides are armed. I'll just put it that way. Especially so, if they're white but, uh, and, and armed. If they're black, they're going to probably shoot your ass. Like the, like the boy... We just had a knife and had a medical uh, mental breakdown and they shot his ass in the streets. The hell is that about? Yeah, for, for sure. Well, let's get, let's jump on the election here. Um, we have the uh, New Jersey passed uh, legalization. Now, to be fair, I, in full disclosure, I have not had a chance to really read through the back ends of these bills in terms of licensure. So uh, I will go back and do a separate comment on that um, at a later date, but I just simply did not have time. It's been a very busy week. Uh, lots of things happening. The floodgates have opened uh, with the, all the new states legalizing and some other projects that I've been working on. It just all of a sudden became very busy uh, this week in particular. So um, we have some other cool stuff that we're launching here in Oklahoma this week that's also sucked up a lot of my time. So. 
Um, I apologize for that. But uh, we have no home grow currently on the New Jersey bill, which is a, definitely something a lot of people are very much against. Um, they have a very restrictive ability for local control uh, on a county and city level. Um, they can really, you know, completely ban stuff, which you can't do in all jurisdictions. And uh, frankly, I had a pretty hard time finding much any well-sourced information on the bill. Um, even the bill itself is written fairly vague. So um, yeah, that's the, I guess, the opinion on that one. So I don't know. Um, there wasn't a specific tax percentage listed unless somebody else in chat has something they want to add. I mean, I would just say that, you know, obviously, if you listen to the podcast or any of the stuff that we did on legalization all the way back to when it happened in Oregon, um, we know anytime you add city and county regulations and give them any type of control that it, it pretty much fucks every small grower that is going to try to come into the market. It complicates licenses, makes them more expensive, you know, it's longer to get them, harder to maintain them. Um, and it, it hurts a little must be state regulations in my opinion or it hurts the little farmers that oh i'm sorry go ahead or just none at all there should be statewide regulation or, or none at all is, is my opinion you shouldn't give cities and counties the option i just think that it's gone bad in every state that's done it uh, something that's interesting about legalization and what these city or what these uh, city states have done recently and over the over the years i know that i think you were at the council discussing this with dennis when he was alive um and we we're talking about prop 64. um when you have over regulation and you call it legalization you really don't have legalization uh if you recall proposition 215 which was put together in 1996 251 words you can cultivate cannabis and you can possess cannabis uh, for medical reasons from a doctor. You keep it as basic and simple as you can. And then we got all of these capitalists now and white Christians or whatever the hell it is coming in and making it even more and more complicated. I read over excited about legislation and people want cannabis legalized. But what the hell do they give up in that legalization? Do they really look for that farmer? And, 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 and providing him, what are we doing for our farmers out here? We've just had a fire season and ashes in the air and, and, and products are being burned. What the, uh, I, I don't, these are, these are simple things that we have here in our state and we're worried about some things that we're right now are out of control. We need to worry about our farmers. 64 didn't do anything about that and other things didn't do anything about that. And not only that, you know, it's crazy to have any any large scale state doing large scale outdoor and not have an insurance policy as part of the legalization bill. Point well taken. None of none of these uh, none of these farmers out here that grow cannabis have crop, have crop insurance, but there's crop insurance on other on other products out here. I, I don't understand state, the imbalance. State funded but crop insurance. I'm sorry. State sponsored crop insurance is uh, is an option. For many crops we need to have we need to have cannabis as an option to produce to provide that uh, that insurance as well 
And that's, that's, it's, it's often a piece that's missing from legalization bills that, that I think that really needs to be brought up more when they're proposing them. Well, like always, we got the wrong people sitting at the table making the decisions on the future of, of this plant. We got people in suits and ties rather than overalls and dirty shoes. Oh yeah. All right, let me click back to my notes here. Um, so next, Montana has a pretty uh, heavy-handed bill. Uh, again, I haven't had a chance to totally go through the back end of it, but they have a one ounce or eight gram limit for anyone 21 years or older. And, um, and uh, uh, they're taxed at 20% of retail costs, which is quite a bit of tax uh, compared to a lot of other places. Not as high as some places, but definitely certainly higher than most markets. And that's really where you see things fail. I mean, that's why you see Illinois' market so screwed up. You know, there's very little money to be made in Illinois, uh, if you look at that, because Illinois, you, if you're an out-of-state resident, you can only buy half of your, your, your limit, which is seven grand. Is it correct that I understand $80 an eighth out there? I <laughs> yeah, it's, and the taxation rate is psychotic. Yeah. The excise tax and retail tax are both. What was it? See, that's what happens when people say, let's legalize cannabis, and then they tax the hell out of us. City tax, county tax, and state tax. We have that here in, in California. We pay a city tax, we pay a county tax, and we pay a, t a state tax. And who ends up is that patient that's providing it, customers that, that are providing it. And what about those patients that are, are low-income patients? Um, they don't have that opportunity. So many people contact me, Wayne. I can't go to dispensaries. I can't even afford the, uh, the tax on it. So where do they go? Black market. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And... and and you know when when they restrict that, how how is anyone supposed to be able to move any type of serious volume, when when you're you're restricted to, to such low limits of possession? Out of state people can only buy half as much. Out of state people are are more than fifty percent of the market in many states, you know. So you can't do that. Look at Colorado, a huge percentage of their annual sales. You know something something I talked about with officials out here. You know we have a gay gay. Uh, parade out here the last Saturday in June every year. We didn't have it this year because of the, the virus. But millions of people come into San Francisco uh, to celebrate the gay activities, et cetera, et cetera. And I, when I talked with officials back at the time, wouldn't it be wonderful that we had these dispensaries open that also to people from out of state could come in and enjoy uh, the opportunities uh, to share what we have out here. What would that do to the commerce of our city? What would do that do to the well-being of the individuals? And again, uh, those doors are still closed. We worried about this, that, and the other thing. And this is a wonderful way for cities to open their cities to everybody that comes visit it. And also, too, uh, it's, it, you talk about capitalism. Uh, for every dollar that's spent here, it's tax dollars. And if it's from people here or from out of the city, uh, I, I think an opportunity that 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 we've really missed. Oh yeah. And the same thing too, when are our farmers gonna have access to the international market? Yeah, and that's another one, you know, the ability to import export, you know, products in the United States is, uh, you know, totally not being met at all right now. And as someone who just came back from Zimbabwe and knows quite a bit about the international market, it's totally missing out on that. 
also though, I think there's a lot of US people that don't want that in the market, you know. Um, but most of the people I think that would actually be affected at the end of the day are your, not so much your, your you know, mom and pop breeders and your, your smaller scale craft growers that are growing high quality stuff. It's, it's your, you know, larger scale Philip Morris's, your med men's, your, 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 you know, big roots, you know, mass, mass roots chains and your other big, more corporate guys that are actually going to be more directly threatened um, by uh, international, whereas your craft growers that, you know, your Humboldt people, your Cali people, your, your, you know, Southern Oregon people, that, that, that area is known for having craft cannabis, you know, they're not, they're not competing with any of the international stuff, except for maybe some of the more fancy uh, stuff. And it's my understanding too, these guys aren't making a lot of money either, the, or at least put it this way. They're not making the money they anticipated they're going to make. Midman has cut back on dispensaries uh, uh, and other people who have financial issues. Even even high times and, and people who magazines and periodicals that try to follow the industry. Um, again, I think what's hurting uh, the cannabis industry right now is it's still over-regulated. And until we get this thing off the of schedule one, they got us by the balls. Yeah, and hopefully uh, the next administration will uh, will make that happen. Yeah, we thought Biden, or we thought Barack Obama was going to do that for us too. Also true. Yeah. And uh, my my, uh, you know, hopefully they'll at least get it off the schedule one. I mean, I'm not Got the most you. hopeful person, but. Got you. And at the end of the day, though, I think it'll be the stock market. You know, there's a lot of money. Wall Street wants this thing to open up and they want to pump money in it and make money. So, and they tend to get what they want. So, especially with Biden. Yeah, he very much loves his Wall Street friends. All right, let me jump back to the uh, thing here. So, the next state that we'll touch on is Mississippi. So Mississippi under Initiative 65, uh, Initiative 65 passed, 65A did not. Um, so this uh, is um, uh, limits uh, to patients uh, to uh, one of 22 qualifying conditions, cancer, epilepsy, seizures, Parkinson's disease, PTSD, Crohn's disease, HIV, uh, and a few more. Uh, initiatives for 65 allow patients to possess up to two and a half ounces of medical marijuana at a time. Uh, initiative 65 is designed to require uh, initial sales initiative uh, with a, sale, a state sales tax of 7%, which is, uh, if that's just total, that, that's actually not too bad compared to many other states. It's not low, but it's not nowhere near you know, 20% retail. So um, let's see here, uh, no ability to smoke in public and no public use ordinances um, and uh, licenses will be capped. What's that? I'm sorry. Are, are these written for 1950 America or for 2021 America? See, that that's this is that's astounding. Well, we can't smoke here. Oh, we can't do this here. I mean, when the hell are we going to, are we ever as a society going to grow up? I don't think so. Because what I see about half of the society and the bigotry and the hatred that they support, that's something I don't understand. Uh, I don't so I love, 
That's Perfect. why I love going to Vancouver or Montreal. I can uh, buy a dab rig when I get there and just run around. If I'm in a restaurant, pop outside real quick, take a quick dab, pop back inside. No one cares. No, you don't no give. You can break a huge bong out in public in Vancouver. Nobody gives a shit at all. You know. So as long as you don't rip it inside, that they get mad about that. But. <laughs> Anyone that's been to Vancouver knows. Vancouver knows what's up. So uh, medical patient uh, ID cards will be limited to $50 uh, cap max. So it'll be you know no more than $50 per year. Uh, and um, uh, the deadline for medical cannabis cards to be issued is August 15th. So they have about six months uh, to get their shit together. By eight, eight months, actually. But uh, Well, I guess 10 months. Can't count tonight. All right. Um, let me check chat. I haven't checked chat in a little bit. All right. So South Dakota rec, you can have one ounce uh, or three plants per adult, up to six plants per household. Uh, and 50% uh, tax on um, uh, on sales and then a lo heavy local control as well. And then for medical in South Dakota, you can have three ounces and you can grow a minimum of three plants. You have to have a debilitating medical condition, um, which uh, oh. debilitating pain, severe nausea, seizures, persistent muscle spasms, including those characteristic of multiple sclerosis. Um, yeah. state is this South South Dakota. They were the first state to legalize oh. medical and rec in the same. Oh, 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 and they're going to allow us three plants to grow. Oh, I can't. Let me get my composure. That's too exciting. Three pole. I'll, I'll, I'll get it together. Oh, oh, three plants. Oh, oh. Okay, all right, I'll be all right. Our government is allowing us in South Dakota to grow three plants. Oh my God, that's so exciting. Uh, all right, thank you, I'm all right. I, I had that emotional moment for a moment. I'm allowed that, I'm a senior citizen now. Oh man, but yeah, no, it's, it's totally ridiculous uh, and again, I haven't a chance to look at the licensure. I do need to go back and look at who these go. I know, I believe it was Arizona. I think it's a million bucks for license or something completely asinine. Yeah. Uh, I read it somewhere. I got to again have to confirm that. Uh, I do want to take the time to, to do look into that further before <laughs> I go on and make claims on that stuff. But uh, that was definitely one of the things that I was uh, read more than once. Um, all right. Uh, and then uh, Arizona legalized recreational. We were just talking about it. Um, uh, a one ounce or five grams of concentrate. You can have six plants uh, for home grow, max 12 for household. 16% uh, excise tax, uh, which is the tax on uh, production um, and allows restriction to use. And this is one of the things that I thought was the most screwed up. Allows the use of restrict for employers to restrict the employees' cannabis use, so they can actually ban their employees from using cannabis, which is completely fucked up. 
Um, no other state has that as part of their stipulations, at least not overtly like that. Um, no public use licenses, um, no animal, human, insect, fruit, toy, or cartoon may be used for uh, logos or manufacture of gummies. And as the uh, first share of revenue will be used to enforce the state cannabis regulations, uh, the rest will be divided 33% for community colleges, 31.4% for police and fire departments, 25.4% uh, for highway fund, 10% for justice fund, 0.2% for state attorney generals for enforcement. See, there you go. Of all that taxes, only 0.2% is being used for enforcement. Quite ridiculous. At any rate, um, uh, so uh, we thought, you know, we'd try to always go through the different bills and break them down again. I have not had time to read through them to find out about the licensure. If anyone has any comments in chat about any of the licensure bills, uh, feel free to chime in if you have any additional information on any of the licensure bills specifically. So definitely let us know. Um, what else is going on? How's the cannabis scene out there in, in San Fran? Is, is there any uh, anything been going on there? Has prices gone up or down? Or what's what's kind of going on? Um, dispensaries have been pretty much paralyzed since this epidemic started. Here in uh, San Francisco, uh, we started to shut down things in March. And most dispensaries at that time said, okay, you can call and we'll deliver something, or you can walk in, get an order, and then leave. And that's basically where uh, some of the dispensaries are. Now, there are some dispensaries that, that I have visited and found out they're not able to continue to operate uh, because they don't have enough folks coming in even on a, on a daily basis. So I see that... Uh, dispensaries are, are being negatively affected because the only thing I can do, as I say, is either deliver or you walk in. The lounges are no longer available. That really cuts into, a, that really cuts into the enjoyment of the patient. Uh, prices are pretty much steady. Uh, as I say, we just finished fires out here the last five, six weeks that affected growers in Northern California. If the fire didn't get you, then the ash and the other soot that uh, affected um, uh, uh, farmers. I'm not sure because we're ending the growing outdoor growing season, uh, season right now. I'm not sure how that's going to affect uh, um, uh, the product that's coming in, but I have heard through some rumors that uh, the selection is not gonna be as large and which means probably the prices may uh, reflect going up. Um, that remains to be seen, but nature does not do us justice out here. And with no insurance, as we've talked about before, that really hurts the, uh, um, the piggy bank of the uh, farmer and the grower. Um, we had some roaming, um, thugs, I guess you'd want to call that, or, um, I, I don't know what you want to call them, but they were in the East Bay uh, last night and a number of businesses and a couple of those businesses were uh, cannabis uh, dispensaries. 
uh, were robbed and, and, and uh, destroyed uh, some legitimate businesses. And as I say, there were two cannabis businesses that were robbed. This occurred about six months ago after the George Floyd uh, situation where there was a lot of violence and uh, there was a roaming mob that really were organized that hit, uh, I think, about 18 cannabis dispensaries out here. Also, too, uh, I think there were two farmers, two growers that had some damage done recently. So, again, you're dealing with that petty violence that's occurring because of uh, the frustration and lack of opportunity for people. Oh, yeah. I mean, just look at the Arab Spring. The Arab Spring happened. They had a couple of years of drought and everyone didn't have jobs and people sit around and get angry. Stuff starts changing. You know? And not only, I mean, just the, just the change of life. I mean, um, what is this? About the ninth, eighth or ninth month since we've had the shutdown here. And I know for my, all I can do every day is just endure it. Do I like it? Hell no. Has my daily life uh, been interrupted? Hell yes. I can't go to see the friends that I want to or things of this nature. Uh, that's frustrating. But uh, we all are we all are going through the same storm. We're just not all in the same boat and, and all. So we have to deal with it in our own ways. But it is frustrating, you know, and, and, and uh, thank God for cannabis. And, and that's what for myself, uh, I, was, I dab and I, I use flour. And, and hash that you or folks have provided. Uh, I'm really happy that I have this medicine for myself. And to see what, well, if you're in this state, you could grow three plants. Well, holy hell, really? I, I, what, what, what are you doing to us? You know, who's making these decisions? They ought to be embarrassed about the, well, we're going to limit to three. Get, we don't need you at a table making decisions. You don't understand the problems. And, and not only that, you know, I, I've had a lot of talk with, with people here in Oklahoma and, um, and people really, you know, keep bringing up, especially here in Southern Oklahoma, how much jobs have been made since legalization. You know, they, they, there's a whole you know, bunch of different communities down here that have all the buildings for rent on Main Street again. And that hadn't happened in 10 years. You know what I mean? And, and things like that, because you have all these auxiliary businesses that the guys that make the labels for the shops, the guys that make the packaging, the guys that that uh, do the security cameras, the guys that you know sell the cleaning supplies, the guys that sell the you know all the different components, the, the hydro store, you know the, the nutrients, the all the different things. If we took this off of Schedule One, Steve, your point is so well taken. How much job uh, careers will, will be there. Now, what I'm, listen, when we started in this industry, when I started in the nineties, uh, un unfortunately things had to be under the table. Uh, we didn't even have registers, uh, pretty simple. Why you didn't want to keep cash receipts. Uh, first thing that tax or anything. Anyway, that's another story for, for another day, but it's, it's important that, that, we understand this this industry and, and where we're, we're trying to head with this and and job opportunity and now we're not only job opportunity is there and even in some things we have unions who are representing uh trimmers or growers or something like that if a government would get the hell out of our way and take this off a of schedule we would really see uh what it could be now what i'm reading during these things on, online, Steve, maybe the, the folks are too, 
uh, is, well, how are we going to regroup our tax monies that are we losing uh, statewide in our city? Or they're all opening their eyes to cannabis. We got to legalize cannabis. Got to do something with cannabis. It's going to be interesting to see in the next year who and what respond to this. But again, if they're just going to beat the hell out of this plant because it's a tax thing, rather than it is a medicine or and a vegetable, we're going to go at it the wrong way. And again, that that's that's America. You know, half of half of America got this election wrong. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, uh, lost my train of thought there. Oh, the descheduling bit. So. Um, I definitely think that uh, they'll get, you know, a, a banking bill through, hopefully, um, you know, and certainly to try and catch up with Canada. I think that it definitely was a little underhanded that the United States kind of forced Canada to write it in as a drug and then immediately passed it as an ag bill to the, the, on it for hemp, um, which was a bit underhanded. But, uh, you know, the U.S. does shit like that. That's a, a whole other legalization discussion that probably is a little bit complicated for a lot of people if you don't know more, understand the backstory. But, um, uh, and it, so definitely, what do you think the implications of uh, the other place that I wanted to mention that also legalized, and I didn't really see talked about much on the news, uh, was um, uh, Washington DC legalized psychedelic plants and mushrooms, uh, which was also, are decriminalized uh, the same way that Oregon did. So. Again, also, also, you know, you can walk around uh, D.C. and tripping balls. Uh, Congress needs all the help they can get. You know, if there's one group of people that need to be dosed, it's them. Well, I'll tell you. All right. Well, I have had some other gross stuff that I can cover. I was hoping to jump back on with Marty and talk about a few things, but... Uh, any other topics on cannabis in particular you feel like are super important right now? I know that there's a lot of talk about, um, uh, I saw that the um, uh, United States is looking at going back and possibly revising the hemp bill a little bit. There was a huge angry letter a couple of days ago from a whole bunch of uh, a bipartisan group of senators, both Republican and Democrat. I mean, and again, how often do they work together in the modern age? Uh, but they sure as hell seem to agree that they need to uh, move that 0.3% on the THC. Um, seems to be a big sticking point that they're hearing from their constituents. And uh, frankly, in the era of partisanship this week, I think we can all agree it's nice to see them working together on something. And uh, hey, it, how awesome of it is that it's uh, cannabis bringing the, the two parties together in a time of uh, a vicious, uh, opposition to one another. So uh, we're pretty, pretty stoked on that. Um, someone brought, oh, you know what? I'm not even gonna, I'm trying not to comment about the uh, the main election right now on the, on the thing. I know we kind of did a little bit, but I'm trying to. Wait on Susan Collins, you mean that main election? Oh, no, no, just the. Uh, Something else? Yeah. Um, so um, uh, the one thing I was going to say is, is that, you know, definitely excited for a lot of these new states coming online. Um, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for people to um, uh, get into the industry that hadn't uh, had a chance to get into it before. And uh, a lot of chance for, um, you know, people to uh, 
you know, convert existing farms or, or, and this is one thing I see a lot of in Oklahoma is people that have a family farm that want to, you know, maybe it's on its last legs or they can generate enough money to maybe try and breathe new life into it. And a lot of people are having success, you know, at least ones that are good at growing cannabis, breathing life into, into farms that were otherwise not really profitable at the time. I know we have one guy that had a, a quite a sizable debt on his farm that I worked with last year and he was able to re not only repay the entire debt, but buy an adjacent lot that, that was for sale uh, and, and clear the entire uh, debt off of his father's farm. So, you know, it, it, again, this can provide a lot of opportunity for rural America that maybe um, uh, doesn't get a lot of financial opportunities right now. You know, there isn't a lot of new job opportunities in Southern Oklahoma or in large parts of the Midwest and, and places where the coal mines are going down and some of these other places. But you know what, those, those slightly more mountainous areas also happen to be great for growing cannabis, <coughs> as long as you got a south facing hill. So uh, again, can be a great way to help these guys, uh, you know, find another industry that can also generate them quite a bit of money. I think that, you know, if we set, set this up as a jobs program, and again, I think you're absolutely right. I think this, that the federal legalization, I think the writing is on the wall, regardless of how the, the, the election turns out, be it Trump or Biden, uh, although it's looking pretty good for Biden right now um, at the time of this podcast. Um, but I think that either way with COVID and the fact that we have no idea when this is going to end or if this is going to end in any time soon, um, these states need, are, are hemorrhaging revenue. They don't have hotel revenue. They don't have convention revenue. They don't have tourist revenue. They don't have, you know, they have alcohol sales and they have cannabis sales. That they have or can have if they don't have cannabis currently. Uh, and not only that, but they can create an enormous amount of jobs whilst creating tax revenue from all of those jobs that they create and from the direct sale of the thing. So, you know, again, not only are they creating a, a additional tax revenue, for, you know, from the cannabis pool, but the electricians are making more, the construction people are making more, the realtors are making more, the plumbers are making more, and all of that is generating additional tax revenue for the state. And I think that people don't frame it enough as both a jobs and, and a state funding, you know, point of view. And, and again, not from as much as, hey, let's tax the crap out of the cannabis, but hey, look at how the, the ripple on the pond creates additional tax revenue through these additional businesses, not just the pool of tax revenue from the cannabis itself. And I think if we could start talking about diagrams that add in that percentage of additional uh, market growth on their markets with the additional tax revenue, we could actually make a much better case with a lot of these people that are maybe you know, certainly that would listen to the financial end a little bit clearer because that I don't think I've ever seen a single cannabis diagram when they talk about tax revenue that accounts for that additional job creation and, and how that tax revenue factors in. And something I think is often you know overlooked. Um, let me piggyback on that a little bit as far as economy and what cities and uh, well, you're familiar with the Union Square area of San Francisco. I walked through that yesterday. The commercial buildings that are not only closed, but are plywooded. Doors, windows are plywooded. Now, businesses were worried about violence after uh, um, the election. Uh, some cities were worried about that and they, they did put up uh, things and some cities were affected by some things here. 
Fortunately, thus far, we in San Francisco have not. But not only the, the is this is what we're afraid of ourselves as a society? Is this what we've done to ourselves uh, that that we now have to put plywood on our store windows so they're not broken and uh, and we have to wait for this uh, virus to be over? And if, if Steve, if you think that folks are going to come back right away to the restaurants and to the hotels and the other kinds of things. I don't see that happening. What I do see happening, though, and the point of it is, cannabis is still being grown every day, either indoor and or outdoor. Cannabis is being consumed every day in some type of form. Cannabis is employing someone along, like you say, that industry every day. And we as a society are so blinded right now, so misinformed. And no longer can I be, I, I'm getting too old so I can say this, I'm damn intolerant of someone's ignorance that they don't understand the plant that I enjoy and, and, and medicate with, with others. I'm tired of their ignorance. No, that, 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 that worked 50 years ago when they passed this crappy uh, uh, idea of what uh, cannabis was. But now it's, it's 20 and 21. And... Uh, uh, you're, you're, their intolerance and ignorance is well, well long overdue and past. Oh yeah, for sure. And it definitely is something that I think that, uh, people need to, uh, I, I don't, I, you know, I'm just, anyways, I, 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 yeah. Damn, I'm ready to walk the streets like we did in oh, yeah. <laughs> the 90s with Dennis and myself leading the parades at, oh, door, I'll tell you. Yeah, I know. I was, uh, I gotta, I'll happily admit I was arrested at Occupy. So you know, I'm happy to get out on the streets. Uh, I'm in the middle of the boonies, but uh, we definitely, if things are, are challenged, we're definitely gonna be driving to our nearest major city and, uh, and, and marching for sure over the weekend if this gets violent. So we'll see how things go. For sure, my friend. All right. Um, so, uh, any other, do you have any, uh, house plants or anything that you're growing? Uh, it's definitely something I've been getting more and more into. We built a little, um, uh, before my cat discovered it and then I, I feel I had to build a better barrier so I have to re replant it, but I have a little, uh, working on a little carnivorous plant garden next to our kitchen in our kitchen here. You, you've been no, doing any indoor gardening? I need to grow a plant. Uh, I've been fortunate to have people that people around me that are my friends that do it very, very well. <laughs> they do my growing for me. Oh, no, but I meant uh, not necessarily even cannabis, but uh, do you have a cactus or a spider plant? Or... No, I've got I've got uh, I've got two plants in my main room and I've got another plant in my bathroom. Uh, I, I like uh, something living besides myself in my apartment and plants do the things and they soften it up. Um, but I'm kind of big on that. This is a guide for the atmosphere. Something live besides me here. So do you, um, what are your thoughts on, uh, on how the legalization is going to look here in the next year or two? Do you have any predictions? Has to change. It has to change. Now I'm not, 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 not now did you, you're familiar. I think we talked about this last time about the more act that Congress had before. Well, 
why don't you uh, touch on well, that again? Wait, 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 let me get to it. Yeah, well, the basic thing was this was going to decriminalize cannabis, and it was coming out of the uh, out of the Senate. Well, you we know that the Senate doesn't do too much that that makes a lot of sense for the uh, folks out here. And then it was quote after the election that we were going to take this up. Now I see McConnell, uh, 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 who is the minority leader. Um, now, uh, what's his name out of, uh, not McConnell, the majority leader, uh, or our democratic leader. What the hell is his name out of New York? Uh, anyway, he, uh, he wants to, uh, make sure that cannabis is right out there right away. And of course, something that's disturbing. Think about this. The Speaker of the House of Representatives has represented the city and county of San Francisco for how many years? And we still haven't done anything with her at the helm. And all the time I've approached her, or no, we can't do it this time. We don't have the votes. We're going to have to wait till the election. next. Oh, no, we don't have that vote right now. Or we're working on something else that's for years and years and years. So if I'm expecting uh, our, our government leaders to do something, no, that's why you and I, Dennis, Mary, Rather, and Jack here, that's why we took it to the streets. We'll take our needs to the streets and explain it to the people. And we had a pretty damn good uh, reason why we want to do it. We want to use cannabis for medical reasons. And that, that, that's, that's, that's where we were. And, and we as a, uh, we've got to challenge ourselves. Uh, now I see something that's interesting. McConnell um, uh, said right away that Biden will have a difficult time getting cabinet members uh, approved by the Senate if they're radicals. If they're radicals. Now we don't understand what the word radical means, but already we see uh, that possible friction. And if you remember what uh, McConnell said about um, uh, um, Obama, he was going to make him a one-term president. I'm not going to work with this black man. And, and, and so that, that it's still going to be uncertain. That's why we as a society have got to, got to look at, don't we deserve better? I mean, I guess, you know, sometimes I wonder if we're all cowards. Really, just, are we all fucking dumb? I know half of us out here are. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your vote for Trump showed me right away. You ain't got to say nothing more. You know, it's like, am I dumb? Vote for Trump. That tells me enough. That's it. Closing in on him. All right. Yeah. No, I think in the next two to three hours, this is uh, going to be over. Thankfully. And the uh, four years of insanity will be over. Oh, and I like these people that, that say that he does not lie. That we, we still have people out here okay. that say that. I'm, try, I'm trying not to get too Trumpy and I'm trying to stay on cannabis. Okay, I'll leave no, we both, we, we both want to, but I'm, I'm trying to stay on topic. We do have a lot of our, uh, we do have a lot of why didn't he do something with cannabis when he had that opportunity? Well, that's well, that's 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 my question for all the people that say that he's been back, you know, more pro cannabis. Why didn't he do anything the last four years? He, he blocked he the all over the world, he blocked the banking bill, he blocked the federal legalization bill. Uh, Bill Barr's Justice uh, Department helped uh, support the DEA 
in all 14 challenges or whatever it was, 20 challenges, whatever it was against schedule and one. In fact, two of them that we've covered recently, in fact, as, as recently as two or three episodes ago, we had a gentleman that was involved in one of the suits uh, on the show. So uh, our, our, our was an expert on it. I don't think he was directly involved, but uh, so, you know, where, where, why, where, what happened here? But the same thing, I have the same question for Obama though, you know, just as guilty. You know, oh, didn't you do anything? What the hell happened? Eight years, and boy, there's so many of us in that. So many of us, 10 years ago, really thought, this is the guy. He's really got the understanding. We really have it oh, now God. that this is going to come through. And and, and uh, 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 no, it, it, it didn't. It didn't. Well, and, that's, and I'll be frankly honest with you, that's my concern about Harris, is that being a former prosecutor and 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 I, I I understand that you have a personal relationship, but she did laugh about people being arrested for weed, uh, as when she was DA, and that you know upsets a lot of people, you know, and and that certainly makes me concerned that she's gonna you know kind of be a quiet, you know, not really, just kind of not do anything. I don't think they're gonna move it backwards. And and frankly, there's a comment I wanted to mention that it was a comment in chat where someone said, hey, it could go backwards again. That's not gonna happen. And that's not gonna happen, not because of the Republicans, not because of the Democrats, it's because Wall Street has over $12 billion invested in the United States US cannabis market. And Wall Street's not about to let $12 billion evaporate. Not when they can generate a hell of a lot more off of it in the coming international market. So, and, and you know, like it or not, money rules the United States. Wall Street controls the government, at least in terms of what gets passed and doesn't pass. And they certainly are not going to throw a knife and then cut off one of their biggest potential tax revenues, given the current global climate with the, with the current you know, pandemic and everything else. There, there's too many things that, that push it in that direction, and all of them are financial. And at the end of the day, in the United States, that's what wins. You know, uh... As I say, I've had a, I've known Kamala since 2003, and then I got close to knowing her when I served on her cannabis uh, advisory board. I'll tell you, I'm not sure why the hell she's going to come up on this. I really don't know. It's hard for me, knowing her as I do, to read her. Uh, uh, she didn't give me any indication while she was a DA about her personal use of cannabis, but on, on a radio program, a couple of years, when she was running for president, she laughed about, well, my parents are from uh, Trinidad and I'm from India. And of course we use cannabis, et cetera, et cetera. And I heard that and I thought, you know, why the hell didn't you tell me that years ago? That would help us a, a, a good understanding. Now you want to tell us this. And I'm not sure, as I say, where it's going to come from. Uh, you and I have had these promises for how many years? Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. No, I'm sorry. Until and unless the people really get their shit together and, and all, and then you get the politicians in there that not only listen to you, but do things for you. Because I've had a lot of politicians both here in San Francisco and in Sacramento, and it, boy, they listen to you, <laughs> but they sure the hell don't do anything for you. And uh, I can tell you a story about that. Here with Jim Hammer, Terrence Hallinan, and myself, on a Jake McGoldrick was a supervisor, and uh, here in, in San Francisco, and he had an issue becoming before his committee, and he was a chair of the committee, 
that we really wanted to uh, uh, get our two cents in. So I got the district attorney and, and uh, myself, Jim Hammer, he was assistant district attorney. And we met at a restaurant and uh, Eric Pearson, uh, we met and we really slowly, uh, Jake, this is where our interests are and the pros and the cons of this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and uh, will you help? Boy, he would, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So that was on a Monday, we had lunch, et cetera. Thursday, they got a committee meeting and I'm in there sitting there and he handed that, he handled that meeting like he had no idea who the hell I was or what we had talked about and his decisions went the complete other way. And if I didn't have pampers on, I'd have shit my pants. Well, yeah, for sure. What can I tell you? So no, it's hard to tell you. It's really, for myself, it's gonna be hard to read what our Congress will do and what Kamala will do and her background and all. Biden, he's uncertain about this. I remember him back in the 90s and his his thoughts about- um, He's the the one who, they're the ones that helped get the, the, the big heavy raids in the 90s funded. And same thing in Jamaica, they helped get the Jamaican raids funded too. Oh yeah, it's you know, and, and there you know these people are guilty. You know, like I'm not, I'm yes, I, I voted left this time, but I normally don't. I normally vote green. I pox on both parties. Death to the two party system is my normal motto. But um, so don't call me left or right. But you know, there was only one option this this election. I think if you're a any type of, and I hope we're right. I hope we're right. We're good. We may have the right guy in the White House. But do we have the right Senate? Uh, do we have that right Senate? Because that's an awfully important branch to deal with. Because if they're going to be obstructionists, we're screwed. Oh, no, because the, the Senate isn't decided yet. So, it's No, okay. Georgia. Got to see what they're going to do with the Georgia thing. Oh, apparently, Alaska's undecided, too, as well. Oh, that's right up there. But, we'll uh, but yeah, so there's a bunch George of Senate Senate headed for the runoff. So, so just now it. that the election is over, I can tell a Cory Booker story because I didn't want to get him in trouble before the election. But now I don't care because the election out. Cory Booker. Yeah, I smoked a Canagar with him at a movie premiere in California in the, in the past year or last year. So that was definitely is he more talk than he is anything else because he talks a hell of a game. Oh, hell of a smooth talker for sure. And uh, you know what? He took the time to talk to me about ag agriculture. I actually had a about a 10-minute conversation with him about the importance of uh, uh, agriculture, talking a little bit about aquaponics and, and how he should consider uh, you know, looking towards some of the alternative agriculture technologies as something to, you know, to hold up for the agricultural bill. And he was actually very, first off, I was surprised by the level of knowledge he had on agriculture, especially for someone that grew up in the hood basically uh, and two like he, 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 you know, huh he's pushing medical cannabis marijuana he's pushing oh, yeah. it but uh, but i remember him uh, when he was in trenton when i lived in philly hearing about him and what he was doing over there so uh, i mean i have known him i don't know him personal i've met him but i don't know you know whatever but anyway so i thought that was an interesting uh, funny thing uh definitely something where i know how he would vote because uh you know I've seen how he, he feels in person, so. <laughs> Anyways.
So um, I think we'll wrap up the show. It's been about an hour. Um, DuPont felt hemp was the biggest competitor. Absolutely. Actually, you know, that's a great point. If you want to talk about the original reason why cannabis became illegal, it actually has a lot to do with the timber industry combining with the petroleum industry, combining with the DuPont industry uh, to, or DuPont company to uh, file kind of this joint suit between 14 different industries uh, against cannabis to get it pushed uh, to be legal. It was also made illegal because of racism. Uh, you have to remember at the same time, there was a lot of uh, you know, pretty heavy unrest going on in Mexico uh, in the early 1900s. So a lot of people were fleeing because they just wanted a better life for their families and they happened to be Mexican and speak Spanish. Um, and when they came up to Texas and Arizona and you know other places, well, they're good Christian folk, right? They can't just be you know racist, right? So they have to get rid of them for a different reason. Well, they all use cannabis as medicine. Okay, well, we can hate them for that reason. And, 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 and that's okay then. Um, so that had a lot to do with why a lot of stuff. In fact, Massachusetts was the very first state uh, to do it. And again, it was based on racism uh, in 1911. A lot of people don't know that. So uh, again, you, you can know, go back and look at, what's up? Let, let me pick back on that. Harry Anslinger, who is really the principal racist bigoted man uh, who, who uh, stepped all over cannabis. And of course, William Randolph Hearst, who ran the uh, Hearst newspapers out here. And you talk about uh, the train and all, all of these other huge industries by white Christian men, may I ask, that were putting all of this together. And, and uh, what I'm kind of surprised at, groups like Drug Policy Alliance, Marijuana Policy Project, folks like this haven't gotten people, researchers, to go back and, you know something, Let's take their argument apart. Let us find every falsehood, every lie, and just as you mentioned, who was for, who was against, and why, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We've never really done that. Because again, when you hear Harry Enslinger, he was worried about the darkies would feel that they're uh, comparable to the white man if they smoked cannabis. That's what the darkies would do. And then that jazz music that was played down in the South, that would get these women too hot and bothered and then want sexual pleasures. We heard that also too. And something that's even more disturbing. You know, there was not a word of, there was not the word marijuana. It was always cannabis, cannabis, cannabis during that product. And how we got marijuana, that was created by Harry Anslinger. Why? He wanted to have a word that would be a boogeyman to the Hispanics that were coming up from southern Mexico through the uh, through Texas and all. He wanted to scare them, and that's what he did. Uh, called it now marijuana because we're going to control them. We don't want them here, so we're going to hurt them by controlling this plant that they like and have access to and grow. But we're going to scare the rest of the people by calling it marijuana. And you know those darkies like that marijuana. Well, I could go on. Well, you know, you know what Alex Jones says. He says it makes the huh? frogs. Gay. Alex Jones says the cannabis makes the frogs gay. No, I'm just kidding. Man, I don't know. No, I'm just making fun of making fun of him because he he spoke out against cannabis for so long, and then he smoked weed on Joe Rogan's. So it's kind of bullshit. Anyways. Um, Hey, I think we'll wrap up the show. Uh, we will have a uh, 
we have some cool guests lined up. We actually have um, uh, some, some cool researchers that have been working on aquaponic cannabis lined up for the show. Uh, and a couple of other interesting, uh, uh, more academic people than we've uh, had. We've kind of had a little bit of a relaxed time. I've been moving into my new spot and renovating it kind of constantly while I've been here. When I finish, I'll, we'll give you guys a bit of a tour. It's super cool. Uh, and then once that's done, I can start on the winter garden, which would be super dope. Uh, we'll be working on an aquaponic system. Uh, we'll be doing an aquaponic system build here uh, for my private grow. Uh, go ahead. Can I get a plug-in? Sure. Jeff Perone, Dennis Perone's brother, Jeff Perone's 63rd birthday will be tomorrow. And I'll be at the council to celebrate some of it with him. Awesome. And I'll take your regards over there if you don't mind, Steve. Heck yeah. Yeah, I love hanging out with those guys. Jeff and Brian. And we did a podcast there. Oh, we did a multiple podcast. <laughs> some good ones, too. Oh, hey. yeah. No, I... And many holidays, I know when I first moved to the Bay Area, you guys were like, hey, come over for Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's. And that was my that was my spot, man. I couldn't be more grateful. Well, we did smoke some good cannabis too, though. Oh, yeah. What was the, what was the wonderful lady that, that sits there at the table and uh, fires the joints off like machine gun rounds? What's her name? Um, I can't ever remember Laura. her name. Laura. Laura. Yes. Laura from no, 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 not Laura. There's uh, another lady, uh, uh, specifically at the castle. I can't think of her name at the moment. I'll think of it. But no, I, I definitely remember Laura. Don't don't have a problem remembering her. <laughs> They're good people too. Oh yeah. Right. Um, so uh, yes, we'll so we'll have tons of cool content. Also, if you guys aren't aware. I broke down a lot of the conference talks. Every Wednesday, we're going to be doing a different um, one-hour talk from the Aquapon virtual aquaponic cannabis conference. And then after that, we're going to be doing, Marty and I are going to have kind of a um, cool topic-based shorts uh, that'll be one hour long. We'll kind of keep that for, for Wednesdays at, at four o'clock. And then um, we're just about finished editing the video version of the aquaponic cannabis class. If you aren't aware of that, Marty and I have a very long format virtual aquaponic cannabis class that you can take. Uh, we've added over a hundred slides here in the final run, trying to finish it up where we thought of things we wish we had in the, in the deck. Um, we've decided we're done with the feature creep. So we have about, uh, I think we're just finishing up the last of the pest management section. Um, that we've completely overhauled from the last few classes um, and, and really updated heavily. Uh, I think you guys are going to really like it. Um, and uh, so that's all done. And um, we'll have that finished and out here soon. And uh, uh, that'll be that'll be great. Um, are you going to take off, uh, Wayne? I'm out of it. You'll be good, all right? All right, buddy. Thanks a lot so much for joining us, as always. And uh, we'll catch you again soon. Stay in touch, please. Bye-bye. Cheers. Always fun to hang out with Wayne. He's definitely one of my favorite cannabis people and uh, certainly a good person to get some perspective on when we're talking about this election coming up. Uh, definitely has some unique thoughts on, on uh, the election, especially being medical patient number one for the United States. Um, you know, he's seen it all <laughs> on, the, on the legalization side. Uh, he's been there and done that. So definitely interesting to talk to. Um, so Marty and I have the virtual aquaponic cannabis class. You can find more information at apmjclass.com. Uh, we also have the um, 
uh, nutrient subscription service over at True Aquaponics. Uh, if you need, uh, you can check that out um, uh, as well. Uh, we can test your water for you and send you a pre-dosed uh, nutrient packet that has all of your nutrients you need to rebalance nutrients in your system. Uh, we have quite a few large commercial setups now that we are managing. Uh, we have some really cool side-by-sides. We've actually been working on a, a whole uh, a trailer for you guys that we're going to be putting out here soon. Uh, that's a ton of side-by-sides of before and afters with a bunch of these commercial vegetable and cannabis growers that we've been managing now uh, around the world. Uh, we have people managing both in the Caribbean, uh, the Indian Ocean, uh, Canada, and the U.S. now. Uh, so all over, uh, quite cool. Uh, again, check that out at trueaquaponics.com. And uh, like I was saying earlier, uh, Marty and I are just about finished the, the virtual aquaponic cannabis class. You can see some of the diagrams in the back there. Uh, again, we're going to finish it up and then we're going to put out maybe another month or two after that. We'll have a big update for it. Um, the class is yearly, so you get one year of access to the class. Uh, and then we do update it every two to three months. Um, we'll have another batch of additional slides and content. Um, so you're kind of paying for that additional, um, you know, the class plus, you know, access to all the additional new classes. We'll have new segments every three months. Um, you know, we're aiming for every two months, but, you know, now and then it'll take a little bit longer to finish recording or uh, Marty's going through a bit of a life uh, events right now with the family and the fires and everything. Um, and uh, I've uh, not had the easiest year myself uh, with the personal life stuff uh, uh, with the family. So, um it's definitely uh, helped slow things down, but uh, we're on the home stretch. So we'll have that out here soon. You guys, again, can find that out at apmjclass.com. Uh, between now and, and um, uh, the end of the month, you do get a $150 discount if you buy it early. Uh, so if you are thinking about buying that for Christmas for somebody, um, we do cover everything from um, uh, licensing to um, you know cultivation, fish, fish diseases, uh, plant diseases, cultivation, um, how to adapt existing aquaponic facilities to your aquaponic cannabis production, business models that work and don't work, um, uh, you know, drying methods, uh, uh, curing and um, retail uh, packaging, um, all different types of stuff uh, that just is not covered in a lot of these other courses. And uh, uh, system design, climate control, exact nutrient ranges, pest management options, uh, and a whole lot more. So uh, it really is just the most in-depth aquaponic course that exists on anywhere in the world. Uh, certainly the level of detail is, is not even close compared to anyone else's course on regardless of vegetable or cannabis. Uh, and we will be doing a vegetable version of this class afterwards. So uh, we will have that. Uh, and then the book will be out next year, uh, making quite a bit of headway on that as well when I do have the time, mostly when I can't sleep. Um, so we'll have that out uh, soon as well. And uh, yeah, kind of uh, uh, just kind of getting back into the swing of things. I'll have a new little uh, office studio here set up uh, before too long. Got a new new power drill, thanks to my pops. Uh, shout out dad for the new drill. Um, so uh, we're doing a lot of construction and building a new, uh, new office here uh, at the new spot. We got a, a nice spot, but needed a little bit of renovation um, because no one had lived here for a little while. So uh, we got it all spick and span again and, uh, and looking nice and uh, feeling homey. So it just took a little while, but uh, yeah, we'll have, we'll show you. We're, we're going to build some cool in, integrated uh, grow systems as well um, and kind of show how to do one or two plants with an aquarium, 
Uh, we have some cool kits we're working with with true aquaponics we'll have available for you guys soon we'll i'll be demonstrating those and showing how to grow cannabis with that system so we'll have them for sale but i'll have a whole video series with that on site so we'll have our system here and we'll be able to grow cannabis um, and show you how to do it right so you can buy the system and follow the how-to video guide you know it'll be really awesome and we'll go through it together and it'll be a lot of fun so and we'll have nutrients available for you as well so that you can do exactly what I'm doing uh, to the T, you know, and have the exact same pocket that I'm using and, and the whole nine and just make it really simple. There's a lot of people out there that just want to grow two to six plants. Uh, they have an aquarium or something else. They want to plumb it up to maybe a grow tent they have in their house. Uh, we're going to cover all that and it's going to be really cool and a lot of fun to do with you guys. So uh, looking forward to that. And then some other cool top secret stuff that we have going on. Um, that'll be revealed uh, later, probably next year. And some cool collaborations that we're working with with some people that are gonna be super dope and super awesome um, with some of your favorite people um, that you guys have already seen on the show. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Hope you guys have a safe and happy weekend. Stay safe. If you go to a protest, be sure to bring water and a tear gas mask or you know an acid wash mask. I, Definitely think that there will be chemical agents used at protests this weekend, regardless of what party you're going out to protest for or against. Uh, please stay safe. Make sure you tell someone where you're going if you are going to a protest so that if you do get arrested or otherwise detained, uh, someone knows where you are. Uh, and uh, again, please just stay safe and um, keep an eye on Twitter and um, you know, keep an ear to the ground and be keeping an eye on your surroundings again. Uh, I hope you all can join us again next week. Uh, if you're Republican or Democrat, um, we can all come together over cannabis. Uh, and um, yeah, I hope to see you guys again next week. I love you guys all, regardless of your political affiliation. In fact, my main coworkers in Oklahoma are all Trump supporters. So, uh, you know, while we may disagree with them, doesn't mean that we can't all work together every day right next to each other. So. Don't worry about it. It'll all be okay. We just need the crazies to stop acting so crazy. Have a good one and stay safe. <laughs>